Okay, let's talk about the Second Mission Foundation. Second Mission Foundation is a nonprofit organization, exists to educate, elevate, and advocate for members of America's service community in order to help them find their second mission after government service. Second Mission Foundation was started by and for the members of America's service community. That means members of the armed forces, first responders, security contractors, etc. Second Mission Foundation provides these veterans the opportunity for them to tell their stories, reach their goals, and make their voices heard through educational outreach, entrepreneurship support, and community involvement, such as publishing books like The Hill, A Memoir of War in Hellman Province by Aaron Kirk. The Hill is an account of the tragedy of war, the deeply personal experience of combat, and the raw, unfiltered brutality of lower enlisted Marine Corps life. The gripping book, and it is a gripping book, it follows Aaron Kirk's odyssey from civilian to Marine and back again, focusing on his time as an infantry squad leader in Garmsir, Helmand Province, during the height of the Afghanistan troop surge. If you want to read more about the Hill, if you want to buy the Hill, if you want to see everything that Second Mission Foundation is up to, go to secondmissionfoundation.org. That's Second Mission Foundation, all one word, dot org, secondmissionfoundation.org. You're listening to Profiles and Havoc, and Profiles and Havoc is a Havoc Journal podcast. The Havoc Journal seeks to serve as the voice of the veteran community through a focus on current affairs and articles of interest to the public in general and the veteran community in particular. Havoc Journal strives to offer timely, current, and informative content. So go ahead. If you haven't been on lately, check out the pages of Havoc Journal. Read the most articulate, opinionated, thoughtful, and provocative veteran writers writing about the nation, the world, politics, national security, culture, fitness, movies, the list goes on and on and on. Havoc Journal's always expanding, always striving to improve the reader's experience. So check it out. HavocJournal.com. Havoc with a K. Journal.com. HavocJournal.com. Hey, guys. So this week on the show, um, this was an exceptionally uh, exceptional episode of Profiles and Havoc, um, somewhat intentionally and somewhat not. So here's a, a couple things. First, let me caveat all this by saying that I have not listened to this episode, and that's important because I did not host this episode. <laughs> this was, uh, I've been, as you guys, many of you I think know, I've been slammed with the Savage Wonder Festival and getting that up and running, and that has sucked up all my bandwidth. So, um when we had an opportunity to talk to someone, to a Ukrainian in Ukraine, um, and get you know a real-time opinion from someone on the ground, uh, that was incredibly interesting, but I was just completely unavailable. So fortunately, Havoc Journal Scott Faith stepped up and took the interview, for which I'm incredibly grateful. That said... Um, I'm still planning the Savage Wonder Festival. I, my bandwidth is still maxed out, and I have not had time to actually listen to the episode. So, bad on me. I will be listening to it along with you guys <laughs> as it comes out uh, in just a couple of minutes here. But I say all that to say that I don't know what was said, what Scott and our guest, Miggy, talked about. For example, I, I don't know. I know his, his nickname is Miggy. I don't know if he gives his full name in the episode, but I'm just going to skew 
on the side of risk aversion and OPSEC and not mention his name. Uh, so there's that. Um, and because of those kind of opsec reasons, I actually recorded an intro before that would have gotten this episode out on time, but because then I rethought about my logic and realized that this might be screwing this guy, I decided to re-edit the intro now to put his life ahead of getting the episode out on its normal timetable. So that's why you're getting this episode a little bit later than I normally would have gotten it out to you guys. Um, so anyway, I'm very excited to hear this ep- this interview and hear how it went and um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it just based on subject matter alone. Again, I have no knowledge of what you're about to hear. So um, <laughs> if that's not bad enough, guess what I'm going to do the second I stop this intro? I'm going to go record the outro. So even at the end of the episode, I'm still not going to know what was said. I'm assuming nothing derogatory about me. Otherwise, I'm sure I'd have a reaction. But uh, anyway, just the nature of the podcast business and messing with the space-time continuum to get these episodes out when I'm kind of already task saturated, but um, I don't want to, I'm saying all this to level set and do the, you know, housekeeping stuff that we need to talk about up front so that you guys can just get into the subject matter at hand, because obviously um, while people like me are focused on the 50 meter target, uh, the issues in Ukraine are ones that will have, you know, second and third order effects that will span generations and are certainly worth giving their, time and uh and attention to so being that i don't know what's about to occur i don't think i have a lot else to say right now so yeah with no further ado let me dive into it i'm christopher paul meyer and this is miggy's profile in havoc Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest edition of Profiles in Havoc. I'm Scott Faith, the editor of the Havoc Journal, sitting in for our host, Christopher Paul Meyer. We've done quite a few Havoc shows in the past, but none quite like this one. Today, we have a new friend who I'll call Miggy, who is coming to us live and from the ground in Ukraine. We are all aware of the situation in Ukraine, but most of us, including me, have never spoken to someone who is physically there. This promises to be an exciting and informative show concerning one of the most important international events of our time. Miggy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks Thanks for the invitation. So, Miggy, please tell us a little bit about your background and your profession and, and what life's like for you right now in Ukraine. Okay, so I uh, was born in the 90s in uh, Ukraine. Dnipro It's uh, one of the biggest cities in uh, Ukraine. And... Uh, yeah, uh, the interesting thing about this city, uh, I think 90% of uh, population is uh, Russian-speaking. So we have uh, a lot of Russian-speaking people in uh, Dnipro. And uh, yeah, so that's why uh, um, we are quite, uh, for, till 2014, we were quite up-to-date uh, with uh, Russia, with Russia, uh, Russia, Russia's media. Uh, we actually kind of uh, had uh, same media, and uh, yeah, we are we were so re- uh, so related uh, with each other, and uh, yeah, 
about myself. I'm a backend software developer. Uh, I have system uh, anal an analytic degree. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, kind of it. Uh, yeah, I I'm working with uh, our common uh, common friend uh, friend uh, on some kind of startup. Let's call it secret startup. Mm, yeah, uh, I think that's that's it about me. Very good. Have you lived in Ukraine your entire life? Uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, I I lived uh, I live in, I live in Ukraine. I'm still in Ukraine. I'm currently not in uh, Dnipro, but I'm not so far away from uh, from Dnipro. Yeah, and uh, Dnipro currently is uh, so close to war zone. I think uh, something about two thousand kilometers, whatever in miles it, it is. I'm not really good with miles, with my, your, your metric system. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. So um, did you have to leave your town because of fighting? Is that why you're not living in your hometown right now? Uh, so uh, I wanted to leave uh, my, uh, count, uh, my, my country. Uh, I even uh, have a ticket on uh, uh, 24 February. It's the day when war started. I, uh, me, uh, my girlfriend and her family, we wanted to, to go to Bulgaria because we uh, understood that uh, things are we're getting hot. And uh, that's, that's why uh, we decided to leave. And uh, yeah, we had to wake up uh, really early like 5 a.m. or something. Uh, we woke up, we started packing our things, and in 10 minutes or 20, we heard uh, first explosions. So if you, could, if you could leave now, would you, or would you think you'd stick around? Mm, yes, yes, of course. Uh, I, uh, I think that uh, it's smart, it is a smart thing right now to uh, leave uh, the country, but uh, I'm not able to live because uh, uh yeah our, our country blocked uh, li living for for men uh, for men uh, in age between 18 to uh, till 60 mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah my my girlfriend uh, da uh, doesn't really want to leave the country without me and that's why we are still in here but i really want her to leave because uh, i'm uh, we are not uh, really confidence in in our future mm. and what is going to be tomorrow yeah that's a big seems to be a big question mark right now unfortunately so miggy you were where you used to live uh Dnipro is close to crimea could you explain to our audience a little bit about why crimea is important and and why you think russia uh, decided to move in there and take it Oh yeah, I have Crimea in uh, my plan. Uh, plan. I wanted to talk about it a little bit later, but we can discuss now. Yeah. Uh, so things with Crimea are little uh, bit. Uh, uh, so we uh, complain. I don't know. Uh, complicated. Yeah, uh, they're a little bit complicated because. Uh, uh, so let's walk through. Sh 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 Start walk through Crimea history in the 20th century. 
so uh, Crimea uh, native uh, population is uh, Crimean Tatar, uh, Tatars. And uh, uh, during uh, World War II, um, I don't know, is, uh, was it true or not, uh, but Stalin decided that uh, they were traitors uh, during uh, uh, World War II, that they supported uh, Nazis, and uh, this is why they were deported uh, from uh, Crimea. Uh, more than uh, 200,000 people uh, were moved, uh, forced to move from, from their home to Siberia, to I think Uzbekistan, and uh, they uh, weren't uh, allowed to get back till uh, 1989. So it was uh, more than 40 years people weren't allowed to uh, live uh, at their motherland and uh, yeah, and uh, so imagine uh, for yourself uh, Crimea, uh, so na uh, na native, uh, na so Aborigines uh, were moved, uh, moved away, and uh, who is going to live uh, in, in Crimea? Uh, uh, Cynthia is quite uh, interesting for, uh, for sales, for warships, for all this uh, war stuff. So Crimea was uh, uh, really, really important for USSR for uh, war. Oh yeah, about USSR. Uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, I was a little bit confused when I for the first time heard uh, song of the Beatles back to USSR because uh, uh, um, yeah, USSR was Splitted for republics and uh, their union, it was called USSR, uh, so Union of Soviet Socialistic Republics. And uh, all republic, uh, republics, they were called, uh, called almost the same way. So, for example, uh, Belarus, uh, Soviet Socialistic Republic, and uh, it also was Ukraine uh, Socialistic Republic, and uh, in 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 English they sound the same USSR like Soviet Union and uh, and in Ukraine, uh, yeah, quite interesting fact about my childhood. Uh, yeah, so what I was talking about, you were talking about the significance of Crimea. Yes, uh, yes, and uh, uh, so a population of uh, Crimea in uh, sometimes in Ukraine, it was uh, mostly people from all other uh, republics. And uh, imagine, imagine for yourself situation. So uh, you ho your whole life, you were speaking uh, Rush, uh, Russian language. Uh, you. Uh, you uh, identify yourself as uh, Russian or Soviet Union person, and uh, then uh, Soviet U uh, Union split it, and now you're part of Ukraine. Uh, yeah, and th that is why a lot of people, uh, biggest part of people in Crimea, didn't uh, really like like uh, Ukrainians, uh, our language, because it wasn't their language. And uh, yeah, on the other hand, uh, Crimea, uh, so na na native po population of Crimea 
uh, got uh, most of them got back uh, in uh, 1989 and uh, it was terrible imagine uh, uh, for yourself the situation so you left uh, the, uh, your your mother and your home in uh, as a kid in 1944 and then you came back and and someone else in your house mm-hmm. uh, and it, it, it was terrible it was uh, terrible and uh, main point uh, that, that is why uh, uh, Crimeans uh, Tatars I mean uh, they really hate Russians uh, they uh, like uh, Ukrainians uh, way more than than Russians but uh, right now, biggest part of the population, especially since uh, 2014, it's Russians. Um, in Crimea, they uh, have uh, they had a ton of uh, factories uh, of uh, uh, of war ba- base, war base, military bases, and uh, they were abandoned sin- uh, since uh, uh, 1991 uh, during uh, they were part of Ukraine, and uh, situation in Crimea was actually quite terrible and right now it's quite terrible um so uh, story from from the wife uh my mother uh, mother's uh, roommate from college uh she was from Crimea she she she's still from Crimea and uh she's still alive thank god uh yeah and uh, uh uh, when she graduated from university, she decided to, to come back to her motherland. It was like yeah, it was mid nineties. Oh, nineties were terrible. I will I will tell you about nineties more a uh, little bit later. Uh, yeah, she came back uh, in uh, in Crimea to, and she de- decided to, that she so she she need she need she need a job, and uh, she started looking for a job. And uh, in the 90s, all factories uh, were closed, all military, military bases were abandoned and, and, and closed. Uh, and, uh, when, and she was uh, looking for a job and she found only one job. It was uh, a job in a shop. Uh, she, uh, and conditions were terrible. She had to work... Uh, without weekends uh, from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. And salary was uh, something about uh, $10 a month. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, when she, uh, when she he- heard those conditions, uh, she laughed uh, at uh, owner and uh, he was surprised. Come on, Yo, you w- w- wouldn't find anything else right now because uh, there was nothing nothing in Crimea. Uh, for us in Crimea, uh, they have terrible um, they don't have really they don't have really uh, water, uh, water. they only have uh, water from sea, but uh, naturally they don't have any water. And while uh, they were part of Soviet Union and uh, Ukraine, uh, they were taking water from Dnipro, from 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 Ukraine. Dnipro. It's also name of the main river in Ukraine. It's a little bit confusing. Uh, yeah, so they were tra- uh, taking uh, water from uh, Dnipro, 
and uh, after this uh, let's call it an accident uh, in 2014 uh, so ukraine blocked uh, water in crimea and for the last eight years the situation with water was was terrible they don't have really have a water and uh, that is why uh, if uh, you look uh, at map, uh, you will see that uh, biggest territory which uh, they already took uh, temporary took from 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 us. It's uh, south of of um, of our country because uh, they uh, took their souls to water and. Uh, um, Actually, my uh, my theory, and uh, I had this theory since 2014, that uh, uh, they uh, uh, their main goal in this war it was water, and and uh, yeah, and Kiev because they wanted to take uh, capital and rule Ukraine again. So. Miggy, let's let's talk a little bit more about yourself uh, before we get into some more political things. So before the show started, you and I were joking about Home Alone 2 and Billy Joel uh, and all kinds of things American. How did you learn to speak English so well and how did you learn to understand American culture so well? Uh, so we are actually quite up to date with American culture uh, since... Uh, Nineties, uh, uh, you imagine for yourself country which uh, isolated uh, for decades, and uh, then uh, uh, we got Terminator. <laughs> Terminator was so popular in uh, even in eighties. Uh, we had uh, a lot of pirate content, and we are still fighting against all pirate content because. Uh, in Soviet Union, uh, all content was public. Uh, you weren't supposed uh, to buy it. And uh, I think the main reason why uh, we don't uh, have... And yeah, so now we are working on ourselves to understand why pirate content is bad and is uh, illegal and why we should uh, buy something, actually. And uh, same situation with, with Russia. And, and uh, yeah, a lot of people in Russia right now, uh, they are uh, really surprised when uh, their government uh, allowed to get back to pirate content again. Uh, yeah, so, and about uh, American culture, I uh, grew up on this. And, uh, yeah, in my childhood, uh, I had this... Uh, uh, Fox Kids uh, channel for kids. Uh, it was uh, Spider-Man is my hero since uh, my very beginning. Uh, yeah, I still have a lot of T-shirts with Spider-Man. Uh, even have ca a costume from my second grade. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, and uh, yeah, American culture is uh, really pop popular in Ukraine because uh, uh, it was something new, it was, uh, it was something different. Uh, content which uh, were created for in uh, Soviet Union, it was great, but it was censored. And 
uh, we have ton of examples of uh, great content from Soviet Union. So, for example, uh, our uh, organization of uh, Sherlock Holmes of uh, it it's it's so it's so great, and even uh, even Ingrid or, or uh, Queen of the Ingrid, uh, she she had admitted that uh, it's uh, it's best in, in implementation in interpretation of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so yeah, we had a lot of great content in the Soviet Union, but uh, what you guys had, it was so different. It was uh, yeah, you you had a lot of different content. We had, and uh, actually, all seeing this content right now in uh, in Russia, in uh, Ukraine, it's so poor. I think so. They uh, they have uh, a lot of uh, money. On production, but uh, they, their scripts uh, they are so poor, poor and stupid. And uh, unfortunately, uh, there was uh, wasn't a lot of uh, uh, cool content from Ukraine and from Russia for I think since uh, Soviet Union breaks. I see. I see. So, Miggy, earlier you mentioned that uh, you were trying to get to Bulgaria. Why did you choose Bulgaria? Is there something there for you that's special? Uh, so, uh, my girlfriend's father, she's a big fan of Bulgaria. Uh, yeah, he, uh, his uh, job for many years was uh, uh, he was a uh, guide to Bulgaria. He had bus tours to Bulgaria. The, and uh, he still have a lot of uh, friends and uh, even some family in Bulgaria. That's why it was uh, Bulgaria. If I had to choose by myself, I think I, uh, for uh, for the first time, I think uh, so. And my first thought would uh, would be Poland, because first I uh, have a lot of friends in Poland. Uh, Little spoiler or just fact: uh, education in Ukraine uh, quite not really good, and that is why a lot of my friends went for educate for education in Poland. Uh, yeah, but uh, if I uh, had to choose uh, right now, I think it uh, would be Iran, Iran, Irish, Iran, Ireland. I want, I want, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, because I had never heard this word. I always read it. Uh, yeah, so because uh, it's uh, one of the English-speaking con uh, country which uh, open uh, their gates for uh, for Ukrainians. And uh, to be honest, I'm really bad with languages. Uh, so uh, <laughs> to learn English, it was uh, so complicated way. And uh, when I suddenly understood that I'm so a little bit go good with English uh, right right now, I was like, okay, I will be improving my English, and I don't really want to study any languages because yeah, languages are quite hard for me. I'm a mathematic guy. Yeah, I, foreign languages are hard for me too. I, I speak English, and unfortunately, that's about it. A smattering of other <laughs> languages. But my family is actually from Ireland. I've been there several times, a lovely place, and I hope you're able to make it there sometime soon. 
Yeah, you... yeah. My 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 friend, uh, she was she was allowed allowed to leave the country because uh, she, she's go, uh-huh. and now she's in Ireland and uh, she re- she really likes it. Now uh, I was talking to her today. So she she found she found job. Uh, now she uh-huh. helps uh, to our Ukrainian guys who don't really know English to actually translate everything and. Uh, uh, help them with some forms, with all this uh, bureaucracy. So, Miggy, if you are able to make it out of the country, do you think you'll come back one day, or do you think if you make it to Ireland or Poland that you'll probably stay there? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm still thinking about it, to be honest. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, so... Uh, that uh, day when uh, I saw it, it uh, was uh, my last day before reading, uh, leaving. It was uh, 23rd of February. Uh, I was uh, walking around to my district uh, where I grew up and uh, I understood that uh, it must be a beautiful place uh, which I ever saw and which I ever been. And uh, it's a little terrible and, and dirty, and uh, but uh, for me, uh, my motherland is so important. Uh, that's on one hand, one, but uh, on the other hand, uh, one day I want to have kids. And, uh, I don't uh, really want them to live. Uh, uh, in 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 this in this uh, in this situation in 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 the war, I have uh, a little niece. She just uh, how old is she? Seven months, almost eight months old. And uh, I talked to my brother a few days ago, and uh, he told me this phrase that uh, she's uh, so uh, she's so happy, and it's the uh, most beautiful creature, and. Uh, she just uh, she don't really fit to see, to this war to to the, to this country right now. So I don't really know what 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 is going to be next. Sure. Yeah. So for 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 now, I think uh, I would like to get back, especially since uh, in case if uh, uh, I would be able to leave, uh, parts of my family wouldn't be able to leave. And I just really, really love them. And uh, family is one of most uh, important things in my life. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Don Carleone. <laughs> family. <laughs> well, Miggy, can you tell us what your life is like day to day? What What are you doing d- during the day while, while all this is going on? What's your life like? Uh, so right now I'm uh, in uh, a really small town. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I was joking with our common friend, and I told him that uh, it's uh, so uh, it's Pleasantville Soviet Union edition. Uh, really, really, really small, really small town uh, with uh, uh, with called factory, and uh, so my days. Thanks God that I still have job that I am able to work. Because I don't really know what uh, uh, what I was uh, what I would going to do uh, without without my job. 
uh, yeah, so every day I uh, have my walking. Uh, I'm uh, walking just uh, around uh, this uh, small uh, city. I found sport court, so uh, every day I have some kind of sport, uh, push-ups and something like this. Uh, and uh, yeah, recently it got warmer, so I'm uh, walking with dogs. We have to smoke your dogs uh, in here. And yeah, so uh, we, uh, I bought them about and yeah, we are just walk, walking, with, walking with dogs. So, Miggy, before we started uh, recording, you also mentioned that you had some things that you thought that Americans should know about what's going on in Ukraine and especially with Russia. So I thought we might talk a little bit about that. What's on your mind? about it and what do you think that Americans need to know about what's happening where you are right now? Uh, so, okay, let's uh, walk through Ukrainian uh, history. It would take some time, but yeah, I think we, uh, for for you to understand what, what and why is actually happening uh, with uh, Ukraine, we need to walk through this. Uh, so, uh, first mentions uh, on uh, Ukraine, they were in some kind of uh, 10th uh, century. It was uh, called uh, Kievska Rus, uh, with uh, Kiev as a capital. And uh, Moscow di uh, didn't really exist uh, this, this, this time. And uh, yeah, our uh, uh, the first thing which we are arguing with Russians uh, that uh, who is actually um, uh, so they think that their his uh, their history and uh, we take away from them Kiev and we think that uh, we are so we were living there and uh, Kiev is Kievska uh, Rus it's it's all ours uh, that's the first thing that uh, we are arguing uh, so and. Uh, uh, through the whole history in uh, Ukraine, uh, we were fighting against someone, we were ta uh, taken by someone, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, never-ending story, I think. Uh, I, I don't think that it's, that someday it's going to happen. Maybe it will, it, uh, will end uh, with humanity, <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, yes, yeah, so, through the whole history of Ukraine, every everyone trying to take uh, some part of us, and uh, we are fighting back. Uh, yeah. So, and in seventeenth century, uh, we were, um, we took protection by uh, by Russia, and actually, I think since uh, them, we were some kind part of Russia uh, till. Um, Revolution in uh, Russia during uh, World War, First World War, and uh, we are trying find uh, find uh, fight back again uh, against Russia and against uh, first version of Soviet Union, but uh, we failed. Uh, we were taken by uh, Soviet Union. Uh, they tried to kill us uh, by uh, by hunger by repressions it was it was terrible there was a lot of uh, blood and uh, and death uh, 
Yeah, and uh, during uh, f- uh, Second uh, uh, World War, uh, uh, Ra- Ra- so Soviet Union uh, take uh, uh, from Poland, from uh, Hun- uh, from Hungary, from some territories, our West uh, territories, uh, which uh, ethnically were also Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainians, and. Uh, yeah, we still have some uh, arguments. Uh, we are arguing with Hungary because they also think that part, uh, some parts of our territory is actually theirs. But who knows? Uh, yeah, and uh, about uh, relationship uh, between uh, uh, Russia and Ukraine. So imagine for yourself, it was one big country. Uh, and uh, a lot of people, yes, a lot of people who rem- uh, who who still people who wanted uh, to be Ukrainians, who wanted to fi- fight against uh, USSR, who wanted to be independent. But a lot of people, especially on east and uh, on south, uh, they were actually quite okay. This, this. So imagine you were born in Soviet Union, everyone speaks Russian. That's all what you know about, about the world. And you are actually quite okay with this. And uh, uh, one of biggest advantages of Soviet Union, maybe there are not a lot of advantages of Soviet Union to live in Soviet Union. But uh, one of them that uh life was stable and predictable so uh, you were sure about uh, your future you were sure that uh, okay i need to finish my school i need to graduate from university then they uh, will give me uh, some job and uh, i will live my boring life till till this uh and uh, a lot of people and a lot of people still are quite uh, quite okay with this. They don't really want to travel. They don't uh, uh, really want uh, to be free. I think uh, I I don't know what they really want. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm also I think as you right now. I try to understand them, and uh, yeah, I think their motivation was uh, that uh, they really uh, liked uh, this predictable life of uh, Soviet Union. Mm, but uh, yeah, as I already told you, Ukrainians uh, were banned. Uh, so all uh, Ukrainian language uh, were banned, almost banned, uh, banned, banned uh, in Soviet Union. Uh, and uh, so, for example, uh, my mother, uh, she had uh, Ukrainian language lessons in in school, but. Uh, your, uh, your, uh, so everyone parent was able just to say, teacher, I don't really want my wife uh, uh, to visit uh, these lessons. And uh, it was okay. So as a result, in the uh, 90s, uh, we have uh, a lot of people in Ukraine uh, fr- who ethnically was, was Russians, uh, who maybe ethnically were, uh, were Ukrainians, but uh, they... Um, didn't really want to talk, uh, to speak Ukra- Ukrainian, so they, a lot of them doesn't uh, uh, really didn't really know Uk- Ukrainian language. 
and the its biggest part of south of uh, and the east and my city is uh, one of them so uh home my wife i uh, i was and i'm still speaking russian uh because uh, so everyone in my wife speaks russian so in my, right now in in my in my region uh, ukrainian uh, uh, language uh, mostly used people from uh, so who just who decided to speak uh, to speak can i know ukrainian i'm able to speak it but just i'm i'm thinking uh, in russian and uh, i have been always speaking russian and uh, i just wanted to tell some and yeah and in soviet union uh, ukrainian language it was uh, you know some kind of uh, villagers language so we are cool big guys from 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 the city we all speak russians and uh, you are small stupid villager from uh, i don't know vasilyevka uh and you you, you speak ukraine dude you are so gay and lame and uh, that's how things were uh, things were and uh, that's uh, what we had in 90s uh, that is why uh, uh uh so language question is uh, one of most variable in uh, still variable in our country uh yeah let's move away from language and we'll roll back to it again uh, if or, or maybe you have some questions so miggy when when you were growing up speaking russian did you identify as being ukrainian that spoke russian or did you see yourself more as russian at the time No no of course i always identify myself as uh, ukrainian uh, my family my family identifies themselves as uh, ukrainians uh, so for example my mother roots uh, they are from uh, uh, ukraine for, from russia but she grew up uh, in in ukraine and uh, when she changed uh, her passport uh, her passport uh, someone asked her so your uh, your nationality and she told ukraine ukraine of course so we are all um, biggest part of people of course uh, identify this, themselves as uh, ukraine ukrainian and uh, yeah okay well do you have a lot of friends who identify as as russian or are like ethnically russian do you have a lot of friends who, who do that who are that uh i've had some but uh, after our situation in 2014 yeah. uh they all decided to leave ukraine and move to russia interesting that, that's what actually they did and they feeling quite happy and okay not, not all of them but they feel uh, they feel uh, they feel okay mm, yeah so and uh, if uh, yeah we were talking about 90s and uh, 90s in uh, ukraine in russia they uh, were terrible uh, so there was a lot of crime it was it wasn't really predictable it was uh, uh, so common case uh, was for example you got your salary and uh, you are running to buy something buy something 
even if you don't need need it because tomorrow your money might be nothing mm. and uh, uh, my mom told me uh, so she was uh, working uh, in uh, the store as IT specialist uh, in uh, in nineties and uh, there was uh, one one person and uh, she was. Uh, buying uh, from his salary one dollar, and it was wow, you are co- you are quite cool, one dollar, and uh, so we had a really bad situation with with money, uh, with uh, with everything, with healthcare, with uh, it was uh, really wild times. Yeah, we are even called this time wild nineties. Mm, yeah, and. Uh, we uh, in nineties, so we had. Uh, yeah, I want to talk also about uh, our presidents uh, of our country, because uh, I think that uh, they were face of some epochs in uh, in uh, history of uh, of modern history of Ukraine. Mm, so first of all, I want to talk about uh, President uh, Kuchma. Uh, it's uh, second president of Ukraine. Uh, and uh, uh, so he's only one president uh, who had been president for two terms uh, in Ukraine. And uh, it's not because he was uh, that great. Uh, it's because in second tour, uh, his opponent was uh, Kami. Uh, and uh, this Kami, he was uh, crying around that we'll get uh, Soviet Union back again. And uh, people was like, shit, no, hell, hell, no, 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 no. Okay, let's uh, let's go, uh, let's vote for Kuchma. Uh, he did a lot of uh, work for for country. So and actually, uh, he built uh, a lot of things in country, uh, in country, good things and bad bad things. About bad things, so we have so many problems with corruption. Uh, we have uh, so many problems with uh, uh, police. Uh, we ha- and and it's all combined: police corruption. Uh, we uh, we had uh, so we had ton of problems, and uh, they uh, and uh, he was found uh, founder of these problems. But uh, he took this country as some uh, wild. Uh, I don't know territory, and uh, he built something. So I think, uh, and yeah, uh, with uh, him, there was uh, huge uh, scandals because uh, uh, it uh, all. So it uh, all. Everybody knows that that uh, uh, he was uh, after some journalists, and uh, there was a, an audio recording where he telling uh, to uh, his facade also to kill one journalist and uh, yeah that's what we have we after nixon you had an impeachment of nixon and uh, he's quite, still quite good he's living his life um yeah and uh, then uh, uh, he was president since i think uh, uh 1995 till uh, uh 90 Oh, what I'm talking about, uh, 2004. 
and his uh, successor uh, it was uh, president uh, yanukovych um uh, and imagine for yourself ukraine uh this country which actually were built uh, by uh, kuchma and uh, by his team uh, he was uh, ruler of uh, this country for 10 years of course uh, every person uh, with some influence with some power uh they were controlled by kuchma and uh, by his uh, authority and uh, this is why uh, mm, uh and yeah uh, and all companies uh, which uh, and people who were supported uh, opponent of president yanukovych president, uh, president yushchenko uh, they were burned they uh, were heated i was just six year old when all this uh, were happening and i remember this uh and uh, president yanukovych uh, uh, won uh, this election and it was huge scandal because uh, and after this we had our first uh, maidan i i think you may heard about this because second one was in 2014 So Maidan, if uh, we translate Maidan from Ukrainian to uh, English, it's uh, some kind of square, big, uh, big square. It means big, sw- big square. And uh, uh, we actually g- got him. And uh, there was a re-election uh, where President uh, Yushchenko won. And uh, that's how Ukrainians uh, won uh, first uh, Maidan. and uh, it was a huge uh, victory uh, but uh, president uh, yushchenko he was a really smart guy uh, i think uh, but uh, you know he was so intelligent i think and uh, he wasn't able to i think fly by himself by his uh, power uh, so for Next election, he didn't uh, really fight. Uh, this election was in 2010, and on this election, President Yanukovych won. Uh, a lot of people don't uh, really like uh, President Yushchenko. I don't really know why. I I like him, so I think uh, that uh, during uh, he uh, during his uh, Epoch, uh, Ukraine more uh, was more stable and have uh, biggest perspective to be a uh, cool, uh, cool country for next generations. But during this, um, um, for, for during this, uh, how do I call uh, in in other words? Epoch, his uh, storm, his storm, his storm. Yeah. Uh, during during his storm uh, you remember there was this crisis uh, uh, with dollar in uh, 2008 and it uh, affected ukraine in a really bad way and uh, everyone decided how oh, the decision was fault but what he was able to do uh yes and uh, i think i need to uh, do you have some questions maybe Well, so along those same lines, Miggy, uh, President Zelensky is very popular in the United States right now. 
How is he seen by Ukrainians? Is he is he a popular president for Ukraine? You're talking about Zelensky because there was some uh, problems with connection. Yeah. Yeah. So President Zelensky is very popular in the United States. Is he also yes, yes. very popular in Ukraine? Yes, right now he's uh, so popular. And uh, during his uh, election, he also was so goddamn popular. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think I need to say a few words about uh, our system, political system in Ukraine. It's actually uh, in in kind of ba- uh, bad state because uh, we don't have, you know, some stable parties and forces in countries. So mm-hmm. you have uh, Democrats and Republics, uh, Republic Party. And uh, in our country, we have uh, political leaders and every leader uh, has he, uh, his own party. Uh, and only one stable party. It was party uh, which, uh, with some ideas, with some, you know, uh, it was party of President Yanukovych, uh, which uh, he and uh, his, uh, let's call them friends, uh, comrades, uh, comrades, uh, they founded this party in, uh, uh, in the beginning of uh, 21st century. Uh, and uh, this party, it uh, had some ideas. And uh, the main idea was we need to be uh, friends with, with Russia or, or even part of Russia. So we should, uh, we should yeah, be friends with Russia. And all other parties, uh, they, uh, they, you know, they were just created by their leaders. And uh, same situation we uh, had with President Zelensky. So imagine for yourself situation that uh, he officially uh, told uh, that uh, he is go- uh, he is uh, going to take a part in election. It was beginning of uh, January in uh, uh, 2019, and first tour of of his election was uh, in the end of the March in 2019. It was just three months, and. Um, yeah, before before this, uh, President Zelensky, uh, he was a comedian. Um, and I think I need to tell you about some his comedian past because uh, uh, it's actually kind of expiring. Yeah, let's hear about it. Um, so he's he yeah he's uh, from uh, uh, city Krivirik. It's uh, uh, one of closest big city to my mother and Dnipro. Uh, and yeah, my my father from the city, and uh, so uh, we are almost uh, we are almost from the same spot. Um, and uh, he was uh, uh, taking a part. Uh, so I think we can call it uh, comedy club or something like this. Uh, but Soviet Union edition. Uh, it was so popular in uh, Soviet Union and. Uh, you know, it was empire of comedy, I think. So it was, uh, it it had and it still has uh, their own uh, emperor of this comedy club. And uh, he uh, is a very valuable person in Russia. Uh, and 
So President Zelensky and his team, uh, they uh, were quite good in it. I uh, didn't really like and still don't really like uh, their humor. Uh, for me, it's uh, level of this humor is kind of low. But uh, okay, uh, he was uh, he was popular. Uh, he and he was uh, his uh, his job, and uh, yeah, he was. Um, one of frontmen of this comedy club, and uh, this uh, emperor of comedy club, uh, his name is Alexander Maslakov. Uh, he, he told uh, uh, Volodymyr, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, "Okay, okay, dude, uh, you are quite cool. Uh, do you want uh, do you want to be part of my uh, team? Team, so you you want you I want to be make you superstar uh, star. I want to make you." Uh, so popular and that's actually true because uh, a lot of uh, people who got uh, same uh, invitation they are super popular in still super popular in russia right now and uh, zelensky asked him and what about my friends and uh, he told him no 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 just you and he declined his uh, but uh, it was a really serious decision back then so uh, he decided to move back to Ukraine and create his own show. And for two decades, it was the most popular uh, comedy show in, and uh, they have a lot of uh, children's shows uh, in, in Ukraine. And uh, it was so goddamn popular uh, just until he stands the president. Cause, and, and by this fact, we can understand that he was doing a great, a great job with this show. Uh, yeah, still, I don't really, I don't really like this show. For me, this uh, kind of humor is really low and some kind of stupid. Um, I think if you Google, you would be able to find a sketch where Pre uh, President Zelensky uh, playing uh, on a piano by this dick. <laughs> I, I'll have to check yes. that out after the show. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, we still have a lot of uh, uh, videos. Uh, yes, uh, so popular video right now, whereas Vladimir uh, Zelensky is uh, on this comedy club. Uh, he has a concert on this comedy club show, and uh, Vladimir Putin, as uh, the president of Russia, uh, watching this show and he's smiling, and uh, and uh, Zelensky is joking about uh, Putin. Uh, I think if uh, you would ask me describe Vladimir Zelensky in a few words. It would be character development. So he did he did great way. <laughs> like Ben Sinatra said, it was my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miggy, there seems to be a lot of misinformation coming out of Russia and Ukraine and about the situation in Ukraine. How are Ukrainians getting their information and? And how do you think Americans can try to figure out what's true and what isn't right now? Because it seems hard. I don't, I think I don't really able to answer to you this question. So right now, all our sources on information, biggest part of uh, our channels on TV, they are uni they united. And uh, now they have uh, unite uh, stream uh, through whole channels, new stream. Uh, they are showing just news, 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 mm -hmm. and um, 
there uh, is our source where we took our information but uh, yeah we uh, we know that uh, there are a lot of uh, propaganda uh, in uh, Russia it's terrible uh, so back in uh, 2014 uh, there was a really funny case <laughs> Uh, with uh, uh, with Russia with uh, their TV because uh, um, mm, there was uh, piece uh, in in the news uh, where some locals uh, were asked by reporters and Ukrainians Ukrainian mi- military guys so what uh, did you ask them what 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 they wanted from you uh, why uh, were they doing this and men told yes I asked them. And what did uh, did did they tell you? Uh, I asked them, "Why are you doing, guys? Why, why, why all this? For what? Uh, why don't don't you leave us alone?" And they told me, they promised us piece of uh, piece of uh, earth and two slaves. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, wow. It's uh, it's some it's uh, Russian television. It's. Uh, really bad uh, we uh, there's a lot of uh, propaganda in in the end uh, i'm not able to tell you I, of course i think some uh, information is uh, hide from uh, from me from other ukrainians by 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 ukraine and uh, i don't really believe the, the authorities and mm-hmm. to to use so I believe them, but not in one hundred percent. So I'm trying to analyze uh, some news, but uh, yeah, I really like that uh, your news are kind of the same yeah. as as ours. Absolutely, which is re- really really great. So, Miggy, do you know anyone who's who's actively fighting the Russians right now? Do you have any friends who are out there, or or family members, or anybody that you know that's out there? Yeah, fighting? yeah, my childhood best friends. Uh, on yeah, my childhood best friends. I knew him since I was uh, half of the year, uh, and he was just one month old when we met each other. Uh, we grew up together. Uh, you know, he always. Uh, was and he still he still is a military guy. Uh, when I was a kid, I was playing with uh, Spider-Man action figures and cars, and he was uh, play, uh, playing with a weapon, uh, with uh, with guns. Uh-huh. I was and I was like, okay, play with your guns. I don't really like guns. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, for, for 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 guns as a toy, uh, my uh, my girlfriend and me we were watching news and uh, she was watching watching and uh, she turned to me and and told me, dude, if uh, we ever uh, ever would have have kids, they wouldn't be playing with guns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. you, you know it's some news are actually. Terrible and life uh, so changed recently because uh, uh, we are officially allowed to kill Russians. Mm-hmm. What the hell? We so no, no, no. I'm I understood why uh, why we have this law, but uh, if someone 
months or okay, not it wasn't months already two months ago told me that uh, we would be able to kill Russians I was like what yeah so and uh, what I wanted to to tell you sessions uh, till 2014 we had same same media we had same uh, celebrities we uh, a, lot, a lot of things still are even after uh, Soviet Union reunited to it was uh, we still had a lot of things in common and uh, as I told you earlier a lot of people in uh, Ukraine, uh, as me, uh, they uh, their first language is Russian, and uh, a lot of people uh, they uh, really wanted uh, to uh, Ukraine to be friend of Russia. Uh, so their logic was like: so in Soviet Union it was cool and stable, and now it isn't stable, which is true. Uh, and uh, uh, their prices are low and uh, salaries are a little bit higher. And uh, that is why we, wa- we want to be part uh, of, uh, of Russia or we, we want to be... But uh, the way how Russia acts in, in the world and uh, the truth is uh, they don't really need us. The, so uh, the only one thing which they really needed from us it's uh, water from uh, our south because uh, it's terrible in Crimea but there is no other reason uh, to uh, to t- t- uh, so to just take us because I think it's some um, uh, you know, it's it's really cool and strange how on uh, some global level in the world, uh, some actions so simple. So they treat us like we are their uh, small, uh, little, small brother, or uh, I think even more as not a kid uh, who don't really understand uh, why is for our way is cool and uh, we wanted to be with uh, civilized world and with the European Union and uh, yeah so and uh, one of main point of their propaganda it uh, was actually um, that a lot of people in Ukraine really want uh, to be part of Russia they were uh, they really wanted to be uh russians uh, they uh, they wait for us and uh, so in 2014 it was partially true so all east region they don't uh, they didn't really want uh, to speak ukrainian they don't uh, really liked uh, all this ukrainian culture and uh, they wanted to be part of uh, of russia and uh, but a lot of people didn't. And uh, when they take uh, from us uh, uh, some territory, uh, so a lot of people run away to Ukraine. I, uh, when it all happened, I was in high school and uh, we got a, new, uh, a few new classmates. In, uh, and uh, their stories, it was, their, it, it was terrible. So 
uh, most terrible story it was uh, from due to from small village uh, in Donbass mm, they uh, uh, so uh, Russians start, uh, started fire and they had to run away uh, from their home in underwear uh, mother 13 age son and uh, really small kid and uh, they were running away and uh, on uh, on their backs it was explosions it 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 was terrible and uh, so back then it was strange for me because in my city in Dnipro everything is uh, quite cool and uh, right now even right now when we have uh, we have war it's uh, so quiet in 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 my small pleasant field so yeah, Miggy, and Miggy, are you are you able to get mail if someone sends something to you? Will will you get it? You are talking about some uh, physical mail, so not yeah. not a mail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, I am not sure about uh, some uh, you know uh, packages from mm-hmm. other countries, but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, so even. Especially for me, but uh, right now we have a lot of uh, volunteers, a lot of uh, companies, uh, which uh, you know just sent sends uh, to us uh, uh, some military equipment and from uh, European Union to to Ukraine. And uh, yeah, months ago it was hard, but I think that now they set up uh, they set up all these processes uh, processes and. Uh, I think that uh, it's possible. I'm not sure would it be possible if uh, someone decided to send something especially for me. I'm not really uh, up to date with our post system right now. Uh, but uh, it's possible to send something in the country. Okay. Okay. So, Miggy, we're coming to the end of our time for the show today, but I wanted to, to let you have the last word here. Anything that you want uh, Americans, our audience is prim- primarily American, anything you want Americans to know about what's going on in Ukraine right now or anything you want Americans to do if they want to help? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? So first of, all, first of all, my American friends, what I want to, to, to tell you, uh, when uh, you guys uh, had uh, uh, Independence Day, uh, uh, I uh, I told my customers, our common uh, our common fa- uh, our common friends, that uh, uh, guys, uh, I don't know how how what what do you think this uh, uh, celebration weekday and uh, holiday about 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 this holiday. But as a person from Ukraine, the person uh, who have war. Uh, on on the east of our country, I want to tell you that uh, price of independence uh, are really high, and uh, yeah, I just want you to, you know, just know that you have it, and it's one of things, and uh, one of most important things that uh, you are able to, uh, you know, just be sure in your future. Uh, be so sure about about what is going to happen next day, 
that uh, your school uh, school of your kids uh, won't be expo exploded tomorrow by by missiles just uh, some cities in ukraine they are totally destroyed and uh, to be honest i i i thought that there might might be something back then but not that it's it's terrible and uh, Yeah, so I can do my uh, research, and uh, if some some of you want want to help us, uh, I would I, I would provide some links uh, where you can donate something. Yeah, if you want to send those to me, Maggie, when you have a chance, I'll make sure they get added to the show notes so people can see it. Yeah. So okay. All right. Well, Miggy, thank you so much for your insights and your time today. I, I really hope you stay safe and we look forward to having you again on the show in the very near future, yeah. uh, whether in Ireland or Bulgaria or Ukraine or wherever you happen. To yeah. be. Uh, we Best wishes for you and your girlfriend and, and your families. Um, Thanks. I, I also like to thank our host, Christopher Paul Meyer, for having me do the show today and our producer, Mike Neal, for turning this into the polished in product you just heard. And to the people of Ukraine who are heroically resisting the unprovoked invasion of their country, Slava Ukraina, good luck and God bless you and your entire country. I'm Scott Faith. I'm Scott Faith, and this concludes another edition of Profiles in Havoc. Okay. So okay. Yes. Go ahead. Thanks for to 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 this conversation. It was really cool experience. Uh, for for me because uh, yeah i hope that my english wo wo uh, wasn't that terrible as i think it it, it is <laughs> Maggie, your your english is great and it'll be clearly understood by everybody um and i'm i'm amazed uh how well you you can speak it you've never been to america before right you never you've never been here yeah yeah i never been in america before so i had been learning english for a lot of uh, how many years but uh, i think that uh, biggest improvement uh, uh, started uh, when i start my career as a as software developer i remember my first day when uh, I was. Uh, I came to my job, and my boss told me, "Oh, okay, us. We will have call with us at 3 p.m." And I was, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, first calls they were so stressful, but uh, now, uh, yeah, I have a few projects, and uh, biggest one is with our common friend, and uh, uh, yeah, we. Have been working for one and a half year, and we have daily calls. And uh, uh, there is actually where I improved my English the most. Well, I've known our mutual friend for many years, for 30, I, I guess, at this point. Wow! Like, yeah, like I told you before, he speaks very highly of you, and he's he's grateful that you guys get to work together. And of course, I'm grateful wow. to him for introducing us. <laughs> that was Miggy's profile in Havoc. And you guys know I'm faking it right now because if you remember from the intro, I told you I was going to record this outro right after I recorded the intro. So I don't know how the interview went, but I am sure it was fascinating because how could it not be? And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I hope I did since I was listening to it for the first time along with you guys. Uh, 
So anyway, enough messing around with the space-time continuum. Um, my thanks again to Scott Faith for coming in and filling the breach and covering down on this episode when I couldn't do it. I am both grateful and jealous that he was able to talk to Miggy. And of course, thank you to Miggy for getting on the air and talking with us. Uh, it means a ton. And my apologies that I, and I, I'm mostly apologizing to myself out of reasons that are selfish, but my apologies to him that I couldn't be there to talk to him because I would have enjoyed that a lot. And who knows, maybe the time and opportunity will present itself that we can talk down the road. Okay, up front, we talked about one of this episode's sponsors, the Second Mission Foundation. Now I'd like to talk about our other sponsor, the Veterans Repertory Theater, which, full disclosure, is my nonprofit. So the Veterans Repertory Theater exists to produce veteran playwrights and to celebrate veterans in the arts. It is a creative hub for talented veterans and world-class performers to create compelling live theater and events. It is a wide range of events that uh, Vet Rep is creating. Let me run you through some of our highlights. We, of course, have the Savage Wonder podcast. We have the Savage Wonder literary blog. We have the Write Loud events on Instagram Live. If you're in the upstate New York general neighborhood, feel free to stop by to our parlor on Quaker Avenue in Cornwall, New York, where you can see shows and uh it's every saturday night we usually have a staged reading that we put on with actors that we cast out of the city it's a blast so we have all those lines of effort going on you can find out about all of those at vetrep.org that's v-e-t-r-e-p.org vetrep.org but of course the biggest line of effort that we have going on right at this moment is the savage wonder festival of veterans in the arts So, Savage Wonder Festival, as you can guess, was born out of our podcast and out of our literary blog, and it is a bear. If you are anywhere in the Mid-Atlantic or Northeast regions, uh, you want to spend May 29th, the Sunday, the day before Memorial Day this year with us. We are going to be at the Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center in upstate Chester, New York, in the heart of the Hudson Valley. It is beautiful country up there and we're going to have three stages going live with music bands from country to classical to punk to metal we have artists award-winning veteran artists showing their artwork in our art gallery we have a dance performance going on by exit 12 dance company which was founded by a former marine machine gunner and veteran of fallujah we have Movie screenings uh, from Scott Mann, who's been on this show. Uh, his movie, Last Out, will be getting screened there. Uh, Tyler Mendelson's short films will be getting played there. Uh, you know, just a whole bunch of, of acts. Uh, then, of course, we have poetry, spoken word stuff. Uh, it, it's just going to be an incredible uh, sensory overload of, of veteran artists and again, it's not a veterans talent show. It's These are professional artists that are signed to record contracts and have won awards and have published books. And we're really uh, thinking this could be a Lollapalooza for veterans in the arts. We're incredibly grateful to the village of Sugarloaf, which actually 
is combining its spring festival with us. So the entire village is shut down. It's going to be a walking village where people can come and walk around and shop vendors. It's just going to be a great festival atmosphere. Five to 10,000 people, I think, which is far above what we were aiming for our first year, but it seems like that's how it's going to play out. We're incredibly grateful to our sponsors. iHeartRadio is one sponsor. Uh, WPDH is another sponsor. BLR, Believe, Love, Respect, uh, which is a phenomenal veteran-owned uh, clothing brand here in Middletown, New York, um, are sponsoring, and they have an offshoot product that they are going to debut at the festival. It's Believe, Love, Relax, which is their cider, their organic uh, you know, Hudson Valley cider that they are, are debuting at the festival. And that is very cool. And they are actually sponsoring the performance of Nashville recording artist and former Green Beret, Derek Stoner, who will be performing there, which is incredibly cool. So a whole lot of stuff going on with Savage Wonder Festival. You can check out everything you want to know about Savage Wonder at savagewonder.com. That's savagewonder, all one word, dot com, savagewonder.com. Okay. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you might as well go and do that right now. I'm assuming you probably have since you're listening. Um, And if you're on iTunes, it would be dynamite if you left us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want about us, anything you want to us, but just put five stars there because the metrics do kind of matter. As always, thanks to our producer, Michael Neal. I'm Christopher Paul Meyer. My thanks again to both Miggy and, of course, to Scott Faith. And we'll see you next time for another Profile in Havoc.